So if you want to turn to Galatians 6 and 6 this morning, we'll be reading from this. Um, I did try to take an account that we would be, I would need to be a little shorter today. I will try to make sure that, uh, be mindful. I know it's always, we pushed all this kind of together and everything. So someone asked me today about if we was ever going to go back to two services. I said, I don't know. We may someday. I said, but as long as I'm driving a van, no, (laughs) but. Galatians 6 and 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. He that soweth in his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth in the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9 is my key verse here. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you, Brother David. I'm going to continue today with my second part of this new series that started a couple weeks ago on how to eat an elephant. So uh, if you don't remember that, uh, I'll wait and put that up here in a second. If you don't remember exactly what I was talking about, let me recap where we're at, and then I'll get into the elephant that I want to talk about today. Uh, I started this off with talking about all the elephants in our room. Um, today, if we could see it in a spiritual sense, there's a lot of elephants in, our, in this room. They're really crowding us out, really squeezing us. And the elephant in the room is just, it's an obvious fact, uh, especially something that's either regarding embarrassing or undesirable, that is uh, being um, ignored or just kind of even left unaddressed to us. And um, we all have them things. It's, a, it's either a serious problem that everybody is aware of, but nobody wants to talk about it. It, it's a matter, it's a problem that it's obvious, it's really important, but for some reason we just don't discuss it openly. We talked about how, you know, when elephants are little, they're cute, we, um, we bring them in to the house and they're real cute and every, everything, but after a little while that elephant begins to grow in our life. And, and it's just too much trouble to bring, it's not much trouble to bring one of them cute elephants into our house, but once that elephant has become mature in our house, you cannot take it back out the same way you brought it in because it's too big. So we've got to do something about it. So the last time we talked, we talked about that, you know, we all have these things in life that has become bigger than we ever thought it would get. And we'd like to get it out of our lives, but it looks so huge as how are we going to get it out of there? Or either, either we have the things that we'd, we'd like to add to our lives. But looking at it, Brother Jason, it's so big and such magnitude, such a mountain. We think, how can I ever add this to my life? It's just way too big. 
And there's a man by Desmond Tutu, a South African angelic cleric. And a theologian, he once said, I don't think it was original to him, but he has kind of made it famous. He said, there's only one way to eat an elephant, and that is a bite at a time. So, what he meant by that is that everything in life that seems daunting, overwhelming, just almost impossible to be accomplished, it's, it's, it will gradually take one bite at a time we can get it accomplished. You cannot eat an elephant all in one bite, but you could eat an elephant one bite at a time. And everybody says, well, I don't want to eat an elephant. Well, we're not talking about a physical real elephant today, but we're talking about some different things in our world. And it takes one day at a time, one step at a time. And there are things in our lives that we need to get out. And there are some elephants we need out of our lives. And we let them hang around until they just keep growing and growing. Are there some things in our life that we also would like to add to our life? And we think, it's just so big, I can never get it there. So today, the elephant I want to talk about, it's very, you may think it's very elementary. You may think it's very simple. But it's just the elephant of prayer. And we don't, I don't think Jake can add that on there. No, he's just got the, the regular one there. Um, so... I want to talk about prayer. Now, prayer is not something we want out of our life, but it's something we want in our life, right? Now, we may think that prayer should be a given as a child of God, but unfortunately, it's not. You would be surprised at how many people over 15 years of pastoring that I've asked, have you prayed about that? Well, I've not really done much praying, period, is the answer a lot of times. You'd be surprised how many that I have dealt with over 15 years that just do not pray every day. And it may seem mind-boggling to us. Now, there was an evangelist pastor that evangelizes, especially to a lot of youth. His name is Brother Mark Brown. you never heard of him. He's a f- fantastic preacher. I actually just shared a podcast on Facebook called The Crucial Conversationist that had an interview with Brother Mark Brown, how God delivered him from uh, pornography and a, a lot of other stuff. It's a powerful testimony. But he'd done a study among our apostolic ranks. And he found that 63.5% of all age apostolics pray daily. So that leaves 36.5% that do not pray every day. From the age of 12 to 18 years old. Now he as he traveled through our, our ranks of the United Pentecostal Church, he'd go to each church and he'd ask, he'd put this survey out. Now, Sister Penny, I don't know how, to me, I almost, based on the people I've dealt with, it seems like bloated numbers almost, and, they, and they're not really that high, but still. Between the age 12 and 18 years old, they typically prayed only four days a week. They didn't pray every day between the age of 12 and 18. This is among the Pentecostal ranks, okay, the apostolic. And of those four days that they prayed, they only averaged praying 13 minutes a day. Between the ages 19 to 35 years old, they pray almost five days a week. So that's an average, at an average prayer time of about 18 minutes a day. That's a little bit better. From the age of 36 to 50 year old, they pray around five days a week. 
and they only average about 22 minutes a day of praying. And at the age of 51 years and older, Brother Mark Brown found that in most people above 51 years of age, the average of them only prayed six days a week. So amongst our own ranks of the apostolic church, it's not the whole Christian world, but this is among mostly United Pentecostal Church, he found that, you know, in average, everybody prays somewhere between four to six days a week, and the average for the 51 above was only 27 minutes a day. And somebody might think, well, that sounds like a lot. That may sound like a, an elephant to you, a big mountain. How am I ever going to pray that much? I don't know. But Brother Brown found that only around 6% of apostolics prayed an hour plus every day. Now, that is staggering when you think about that. And I don't know where you are in your prayer journey. I have no idea. But prayer, it is a huge elephant in our lives that we need to deal with. I have really thought, I have prayed so much this week and thought about this opening, because um, last time I had an intro to what, you know, this whole essence of how to eat an elephant, what, what all I'm talking about here, and I've prayed, God, what, what's, what do I need to start with? And I've thought about so many different things, and I just could not get away from the fact that prayer has got to be the starting place in this series. Because as a child of God, our prayer life is absolutely vital. As anybody who lives for God, you have to pray, okay? There is no way around it if you don't pray. It is our spiritual breath. Praying is our spiritual breath. It is what connects us. It, it's, it is the essential to living a normal Christian life, okay? That's just the bottom line. It is essential to living the normal Christian life. Because if you don't pray every day, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle if you pray every day, okay? If you pray every day, you're still going to have some struggles in life. You're going to have, but, but without a thriving prayer life, you will struggle living a good Christian life. That's just all it is to it. One person said it like this. Without prayer, our Christian life is like a car with flat tires. The car may be great, but it's not going to go very far. Now, you may get some more, but you're not going to get real far with it. Uh, I remember one of the first times Jake had a flat tire um, with none of us there, and he didn't realize that he had a flat. He's like, well, something's wrong. He had drove a mile before he pulled over, I guess. And you can imagine what that tire looked like. I'm just thankful he didn't tear the rim up because there wasn't a whole lot of tire left there, Sister Michelle. He just eat that thing up. And that's kind of what happens in our life. The part of our Christian life that moves us is prayer. And no doubt, if you struggle to pray every day, uh, thinking of prayer an hour a day might seem like a task that's bigger than you know how to tackle. It may be, those case, it may be the case of me just you praying every day is just something bigger than I could even fathom. It may be the fact that, hey, I, I pray... Uh, but I only pray over my meals. I remember several years ago when I was teaching Sunday school uh, back at Star Bethlehem, and I, um, 
was teaching Sunday school, I was talking about prayer to the kids, and I began to ask them, when's the last time you prayed? And I had one person, or I said, how many has prayed today? I, had, I think I had um, maybe one person to raise their hand. And I had to go back several days with some of them kids to ever see a hand raised and say, yeah, I prayed then. And we got to understand that prayer is so, so, so important in our life, okay? We have to pray, and we need to pray every day. You may be thinking, Brother Orton, I just don't think I can do that. That is so big. That's so, so huge. How do I do that? But until we are willing to start taking it one bite at a time, at building the prayer life that God intends for us to have, it's never going to be accomplished. We've got to do it. Elmer Towns, I mentioned this. He said, uh, when I've done this the first time, he said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but it is a habit. What we continually, repeatedly do, that is what we become, okay? And so I want to help us today by just giving us, this is, I'm going to be very practical today, okay? This is very basic, very simple, but it will help us build a prayer life which is absolutely vital to you and I becoming what God has called us to be, all right? And this first principle I give you today is what Brother Wayne Huntley said. It's better to do, I mentioned this last time, it's better to do an imperfect something than a perfect nothing. You may have a perfect prayer plan. You may have envisioned your mind how it's all going to work. But if it don't work out exactly like you want it to work out, then you just don't do it. It's better to pray uh, bad, if there even is a way to say bad, okay? But it's better to talk to God in some way every day than not talk to him at all, okay? Um, it, and it's time for us to get our knife, get our fork, get our spoon, and we need to start eating this elephant in our room. And we need to take it one bite at a time. Because it's time for us to make that small, consistent choice about prayer that over a long period of time, we're gonna ha- it's going to have a tremendous impact on our lives, on our family, on our church, on our community, on our world. It will impact. Our prayers can make a huge difference. But we've got to do it. So let us take one bite at a time at prayer. And I want us to become the person God has called us to be. All right? And I'm not screaming and yelling today. I'm very practical. I'm teaching. I'm in a teach mode here. And I want you to catch some of this. All right? See, I think the biggest problem, it isn't, it isn't our intention it isn't our desire. I think most people that generally want to live for God, I believe they really want to pray. I believe most everybody who really wants to live for God, they really want to pray. But the problem is a twofold thing. Number one is we don't know why we pray. And number two is we don't know how to pray. Okay? The how won't matter if you don't know why. If you don't know why you're doing something, you'll never do it. So we don't know how to eat this elephant a prayer. We don't know why we want to put this.
thing in our life. And as I said in my intro, change is the product of my routines and not my resolution. So our key is we're going to have to uh, have some routines adopted into our life if we want to go beyond where we are, okay? And if we want to change our lives, it's about small, consistent choices. It's about routines that we adopt into our life every day. Somebody say that, every day. We live in a world where we expect everything to happen quickly and easy. Building a prayer life is not something that just happens quickly. Now, it can be easily done, but it's not easy to start, if that makes any sense. Prayer's not complicated. It's just complicated to start sometimes. It's complicated to keep going. And change is a process. And the first bite that we need to take is to figure out why we need to pray. All right? And this is what I want us to do. I thought I had my, an ink pen up here, and I do not. So I'm going to have to get an ink pen. Y'all will forgive me. Oh, that'll work. I'll give it back to you in a moment. I left my bag in the back. So the first thing I want you to do is, you're going to think I'm crazy, and that's okay. But if you are struggling with prayer, I'm going to help us today, all right? Or if you're, it's like you can't get beyond where you are in your prayer life, and you'd like to have a better prayer life, because, let, let me just say this before I go any farther. Um, there is no difference between you and Bishop Doug White. There's no difference between you and uh, Lee Stone King. There's no difference between you and the Apostle Paul. Only a time frame, okay? There's no difference between you and Peter, the Apostles. The only difference between us and them is the fact that they built something through a process of time. All right? And we, call, we talk about time being, uh, I don't have time. Well, we all have the same amount of time. We have a lot of time stealers now in the hour that we live in. A lot of things that steals our time. But the first thing, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is very practical. This is very simple. But if you'll take this challenge and you'll do this, i tell you what it'll do. It will help you break out of a two or three day a week prayer life. Uh, maybe you pray every day and, and the best you do is two, three, four, five minutes a day and you struggle to pray. It'll take you from there. The next thing you know, you'll be praying over an hour. God will begin to do some great things in your life. But it's got to start one bite at a time. So y'all ready for something very practical? <laughs> I want you to go to the dollar store. Or I want you to go to, um, what's the store? Or they got a new one up there beside the dollar tree. That's it. Go to the dollar tree. Just get you a simple spiral notebook, all right? A simple spiral notebook. If you want to buy a good journal, that's fine. But I want you to get you a simple spiral notebook. And the first thing I want you to do is this, all right? I just brought my, leg my legal pad today just to give you an example, okay? First page, draw your line, okay? Just, this is practical. This is simple, but it can help begin to eat at the, this uh, elephant, all right? You can write at the top, 
I failed writing, so y'all can forgive me. You can write prayer. One side you can put pros. Another side put cons. Or if you want to put advantages or disadvantages. Whatever works. That's what pros and cons is, all right? And on this side, I want you to begin to write all the pros, all the advantages to why you need to pray every day and why you need to develop a really great prayer life. All right? So for me, I could say, uh, my family, okay? I need to pray for my family every day. I, I can write down, uh, church, I, I, I need to pray for you guys every day. And I can just go through this list, my, 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 my finances, all right? I need to pray for my finances every day. How about this? I could pray uh, to help me forgive people. And I can just go through and write all these pros, all these advantages of why I should pray. What about this one? Eternity. Because if we don't pray, we're probably going to have an eternity that's going to be in hell. So I want you to write down all the pros of why I should pray. All the advantages, if you want to put it that way. And then I want you to write all the disadvantages to prayer. So let me write the disadvantages to prayer. I'm having trouble with it. I'm not sure I got anything that I can write that becomes a disadvantage if I pray. All right? Now, I can write some disadvantages if I don't pray easily. All right? But if I want disadvantages to what happens if I pray, there really isn't any. The only disadvantage to having a prayer life is at first you're going to get some attacks from the devil. But if you're praying, you're also going to have problems. So this is very simple. It's very practical. And once you see, you can do this with anything in life, okay? Whether I need to get up and go clean my car or get up and clean my house. You, you can do this anything with life. You can write down uh, the advantages and disadvantages to it, okay? And it should motivate you. You'll, you'll understand thank you, thank you, you'll understand why you need to do this. Because if you don't know why you pray, you're not going to pray. And, and there's so many things I could write down in this first page. And I've just kind of touched a, a little bit of it there. And you know, here, here's a good one, to know God better. Because here's the thing, Sister Janet, if I don't know God and I get to eternity one of these days, Brother Jason, he's going to look at me, it doesn't matter if I gave $10,000 to move the mission. It doesn't matter if I paid thousands of dollars to my church in tithes and I never missed a church service but yet, I didn't develop a relationship with God. That's the number one reason you need to be able to have a prayer life every day. It develops a relationship with God. All right? So, I want you to think, Brother Orton, that's just great. It's simple, but it's one bite at a time. Write it down. And everyone say one bite at a time. Most experts say that you can't change everything all at once. Okay? So this is what I want you to do. 
if you're struggling with prayer, praying every day, with uh, keeping prayer in your life every day, or you're struggling with praying more than a few minutes, or, or, or maybe you're one of those that is alone, the average of the apostolic here's uh, whatever age bracket is, most of us here are 30 and up, except a couple of kids here today, 30 and up. So we fall in that range of average of 20 minutes a day. Maybe that's you. Maybe you pray 20 minutes a day and you can't get beyond that. You want to get to that place that you're praying an hour every day. So yours may go beyond, you know, the simple stuff. You're already praying for this every day. So why do you want to pray an hour a day? Write it down. Because you want to see miracles in your church. You want to see, you want to see your kids come in like they've never came in before. All right? So Whatever level this is, you can take this and it will expand your prayer life. Because you may be praying 20 minutes a day, but you want to pray an hour. You may be praying an hour, but you'd like to pray two or three hours a day. All right? So, this is, this is the why of prayer. Now, let, let me talk to us about how. Again, this is very practical. I'm not screaming and yelling here today. But how we build a good prayer life is to add consistency to the areas in our life that brings about prayer. True change comes with consistency. So now, we're going to take that same notebook, and I want you to turn the page. Leave that on your first page, okay? If you want to, you remember, if you go get one of the spiral notebooks, you remember how you could take the eraser on the front of your notebook and mark on it? Or you can get your, well, write prayer journal, okay? Write prayer journal on your notebook. You may go get you a good journal. That'll be okay, too. Somebody said, Brother Orton, you're teaching us like we're just in, treating like we're just in uh, high school today. Now, look, I'm trying to take one bite at a time and show us how to build a great prayer life that will explode your world, okay? So, we're going to take that same notebook you just wrote in and let it become a daily prayer journal, and it will also become an accountability partner for you, all right? And if you want to take it to the next step, actually get you an accountability partner with your prayer uh, journal that you will give access to that prayer journal and say they can come say can I see your prayer journal this week uh, that's just another level okay you don't want to do that with just anybody but somebody you trust and at the top of each page I want you to daily everybody say daily daily write the date write the time you start praying and the time you stop praying, okay? This is very simple, very practical. Uh, my personal opinion, the best time to start prayer is in the morning. Before you check your phone, before you check Facebook, before you check the news, before you check the newspaper, that's the best time for a consistent prayer life. Now, that doesn't mean you don't pray through the day. That doesn't mean you don't pray before you go to bed. But to have that consistent prayer life that builds into something bigger, it is good for the morning. Somebody says, well, I can't get up in the morning. You can if you go to bed earlier. All right? If you'll go to bed earlier, you'll turn off Facebook, you'll turn off, you'll, you'll go ahead and take some bites out of the elephant, the mother elephants that's eating all your time up. Because here's the thing that we find with these elephants. The big elephants that need to be out of our life take the space of the elephant that we want in our life. So you've got to take five minutes from Facebook and add five minutes to prayer time. Take five minutes from Facebook for the five minutes of your Bible time. So you begin to swap it and move it around, okay? 
Because here's the thing, we all got 24 hours in a day and we all use that time however different. But what this does, it allows you to look at daily progress, okay? So you can, at the end of the week, you can go back and look, well, uh, this day I done pretty good, I prayed. And then I want you to celebrate your daily wins in your prayer life, all right? When you get to the end of the week and you realize, I want you to, you know, say each day you, you're putting your time down, average what you've done. You get to the end of the week and say, hey, I'm averaging 15 minutes of prayer. And, and if you didn't pray every day, so first I want you to celebrate and say, hey, I prayed every day. Because when you celebrate, it'll make you feel good. And then I want you just through a process of time, track making all the difference in what you're doing and you're taking one bite at a time and you're adding and you're you have this prayer journal that's being accountability partner to you and again if you want to add to that you can you can have somebody else to say ask me about my prayer journal or ask me about my prayer life if you don't want to show them the prayer journal just have somebody that's going to come to you every sunday and say how'd you do with your prayer journal this week because you know come tuesday and wednesday when you're struggling i know brother david's going to ask me about my prayer journal so i've got to pray Somebody says, you shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to do that to pray. No, you shouldn't. But we're human. And as humans, we need that little extra push. Because, see, if we get this, we get a habit. Habits change our life. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Paul knew you must continue in prayer and have thanksgiving because if you don't, Paul knew we had to build a, a habit of prayer. And if we don't do it continually, we will stop doing it eventually, right? And all habits work the same. In this, it's the foundation of this entire series that we're doing. We have to break old habits with good habits. And if as we're taking bites of uh, uh, and, and adding blocks to our prayer life, we're taking blocks away from something else. And this is the only way you're going to build the prayer life. And, and the only thing that, uh, the only way you're going to be able to do this is you're, you're going to actually lose some time with some other things. And if you want to take this to a next step higher, get you another journal that's just a time journal, okay? Journal everything you do all through the day. Every uh, 30 minutes, every hour, every 10 minutes, however you want to do it, at least hourly, keep a 24-hour prayer journal, a time journal of what you've done with your time all day long. You'll find out how much, how much, we'll find out how much time we waste on social media, stupidness, and all kinds of things. And then we'll say, oh, I really do got time to do this. So when we endeavor to build a prayer life that will change our lives, it'll change our families, it'll change our church, It'll change our city. It'll change our state. It'll change our country. Let me tell you what. A, an awesome prayer life in one individual's life can change our world. And it starts from building a habit of prayer that starts from one bite, one bite at a time. So listen to me today. There are going to be days when you don't feel like praying. But pray anyway, at least one minute. Okay? There will be times when you're going to fall off the wagon. Just get back up and get on the wagon and start all over. I, I, I'm going to just throw this out there real quick. How many has ever heard that they fell off the wagon? I actually found the, uh, where that uh, originated at not too long ago. Uh, used to be at this place, I don't remember the name of it. There's a bunch of drunks in there, and they would bring this wagon through to help uh, bring the people out of that area to get them off in their drunken stupor. And what they done, 
They would take all the people that was drunks and put them on the wagon and wheel them out of the city to get them away from the alcohol. And every once in a while, somebody would fall off the wagon and go back to the drinking as they're trying to get them out. That's where that terminology come from. And that's how we are a lot of times with prayer, you know what? We fall off the wagon. We'll go, we'll go, you know, wherever, what level of prayer you're at. You're trying to pray every day or you're trying to advance on up to 30 or 40 minutes of prayer a day. You'll have something happen. You'll get sick. You'll, you'll have an unexpected phone call. You'll have a disaster. You'll have something to come in your life. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, gosh. I'm so tired. I don't feel like praying. I'm so frustrated. I don't feel like praying. I'm so mad. I don't feel like praying. Okay? It happens. We're human. Don't fall off the wagon. Because here's the thing. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and rises again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. This verse tells me so much here. It tells me that if you are building a prayer life just for a just reason, if you're a just person, you're trying to just do the just and the right thing. That's what just means. You might fall even seven times. But if you've got it in your heart right and you're trying your best, you're going to get back up. But the opposite direction of it, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. The person who's not got their heart right and they fall, guess what's going to happen to them? They're going to fall into mischief if they're doing this for the wrong reason. Because you can't build a prayer life just to get good finances or just to get a good relationship with your wife or just to impress somebody. A prayer life is built to become what God has called you to be. And if you don't have the right motive, but if we just keep on biting at that elephant in prayer, every day, pray and journal, There'll come a time when you won't need a prayer journal, and you may think right now, I don't need one right now. You may not, and that's okay. You may, you may pray consistently every day, and this may not hit you, but it's hitting some of us today because we need to get closer with prayer. And some days you will uh, eat or you'll pray more than others. You know what? This is determined by how hungry you are. All right? So if we will eat less junk food we will be hungrier for the good food so to put that in context of what I'm talking about if we will spend less time on social media binge watching television reading that book that really has nothing to do with life whatever your flavor whatever it is that takes away that whatever this elephant is if we'll take a bite of that out today and lay it to the side instead of inside of us, there'll be more room for God on this side. Because this is how it works. We're taking from the big elephant that we don't want out of our life, getting it out of the way, and we're taking a piece that we do want in our life and putting it in here. And we're trying to bring this thing to where this mountain, that a prayer that looks like it's too big for us, gets bigger, and this big elephant in the room that we don't want to talk about, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm addicted to this game, all right? Listen, I'm just going to say this right now. We got too many adults playing too many games on phones. I'm just going to be pastor right now. You think, well, it's not no big deal. I'm going to tell you what. If you'll keep that time journal and you'll, you'll look and see how much time you're praying. And if you're, play, if you're playing more than you're praying, you're out of whack. And it, that probably may be the first place we need to start with it is a time journal before you start with the prayer journal. That way, maybe you need to keep them both. Just a 24-hour time journal. See how much time 
you are spending with games and whatever versus how much time you're spending in the word and prayer. And if it's off balance, you can understand why you're not really having a normal Christian living life. All right? Just like our text says, For he that soweth in the flesh shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth in the spirit shall of the spirit reap ever life everlasting. Don't be weary in well-doing. Here's the, this is the tough part with the elephant. Don't be weary in well-doing. For a due season you shall reap if you faint not. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Because there's going to be some days, Sister Janet, it's going to feel like we're adding back to this elephant that we want out of our life. But just reach up there and take another bite out of it, all right? You just got to keep doing it. If you and I will just keep praying daily, eating that elephant, building up a prayer life, we're going to reap the benefits of prayer, which is a whole other sermon within itself. There's benefits of prayer. So I'm about to be done here. In the life study of Colossians written by Witness Lee, he said, before you try to persevere in prayer, you should first make a deal with the Lord concerning your prayer life. Pray to him in a definite way and say, Lord, I mean business with you about this matter of prayer. I call heaven and earth to witness that from this time forth, I will have a life of prayer. I will not be a prayerless person. Rather, I will be a praying person. If you do not have such a prayer to the Lord, you will not be able to persevere in prayer. You've got to make a commitment. And let me tell you what. I'm telling you right now. Today, if you're struggling with prayer, you're struggling with these things in your life, you're struggling with this elephant that's keeping you from prayer, after we get out today, go buy you a spiral-bound notebook and start your prayer journal tonight or tomorrow. I promise you it will make a difference. How important is prayer? Jesus said, Luke 18 and 1, and he spake a parable to them to this end that men ought to always to pray and not faint. All right? Just a quick recap here. This is I've been talking to our head more than to our heart today, okay? Teaching speaks to our head. It speaks to our logical part. Preaching a lot of times goes to that emotional part. Gets you excited, but a lot of times that emotional part when you walk out the door, you're like, well, what did the preacher say? But when, when, you're, when you speak to the head, to the logical part of who we are, and try to make logical sense to it, this is what I've been trying to do today. So get a prayer journal, get a, prayer, a time journal, pray every day, even if it's for one minute, log your time, log your time in a time journal, log your time in a prayer journal. Somebody says, that looks so big, what's a dollar? If you don't have a dollar to go buy a journal, tell me. I will give you $5. You can buy five of them, okay? All right? So, this is important. And if you're not interested in praying, well, today, hopefully you've had a good nap. I don't know. But I want you to stretch your prayer time. I want you to be consistent. That is the key to eating this elephant. Paul told the Thessalonian church, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And 18, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul said, look, I want you to pray without, pray without stopping. How do you do that? Eventually, this mountain of prayer, you will have times that you, it's going to be you and Jesus, okay? Nobody else is around. This is where we all should struggle, strive to get. Where we go into the holies of holies with God. And it's you and him. You're speaking in tongues. You're, in, you're, uh, um, you're interceding for, 
for saints and people and stuff. You're interceding with God. You're feeling God speak back to you. We all need that time every day in our life. But we also need to be able to be what Paul said here, that we pray without ceasing. That we constantly have this prayer. How many, how many times have you been around an old-timer and they're like, well, glory. Hallelujah. And you're thinking, what is up with this dude? I remember Brother Graham talking about uh, his grandfather, how he used to be like that. Brother Scott Graham, he said, he'd be around his grandfather, his grandfather said, well, glory. Hallelujah. He, he would think, my grandfather's so shallow. What? He said, but after he got older, he realized, well, grandfather had just spent so much time. His life just consisted of a, without ceasing with prayer. T.F. Tinney said, uh, and I'll say this in close. The late T.F. Tinney said this. He said, he said, when I was younger, um, I hardly ever prayed less than 30 minutes. He said, but now that I'm older, I hardly ever go 30 minutes without prayer. And that should be a, a place that we strive for in our life. That we have this constant place in the prayer. And I, I pray that it gets to the place where you can't use a prayer journal because, I mean, you may want to pack it around all the time, but like I'm praying I'm communicating with God and and uh, this this should be our go it's the I'm gonna tell you it's the elephant the biggest elephant in our room is a Christian because if we can get this prayer stuff right I wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't have to do the rest of this series wouldn't have to go on and talk about any of the other stuff that needs to be talked about the mountains because if we get the prayer life where it needs to be it'll fix a lot of things because honestly, you can't have a prayer life without this. Praying without the Bible does you no good. It'll give you revelation. Matter of fact, you need to pray the Word. You need to pray the Word. There's a lot of power in it. I'll be done today. And uh, just ask the Lord to touch. Lord, I ask you to touch every life. God, I know I've spoke to our, our probably our minds a lot more than the hearts today. And I pray, God, that somebody will take this begin to work on that mountain that of prayer that we want to build in our life, God. And we will begin to build something, God. Take this elephant in our life, God, and take it one bite at a time, Lord. We can build a great and incredible prayer life in our world, Lord. We can tear down some things that don't need to be there. And God, I just pray that you would touch each and every person here today, God. We love you. We thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray that you would bless today in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. We're going to take our break. We'll get the rest of the service going later. Uh, again, thank you, Jason, Brittany. Glad you guys are here today. And uh, appreciate y'all so much. So if you need to stretch your legs or something, go right ahead. <laughs>